Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. What a sweet declaration in the house of the Lord this morning. The lyrics of the song say, I want more of you, God, but the only reason that we want more of you is because we need more of you. Hallelujah. I pray somebody receives that this morning that we need more of him. More of him. More of him. Matter of fact, the Bible declares... If you think yourself to be standing firm, take heed lest ye fall, because we need more of him. Hallelujah. We bless your name in this place this morning, Lord. We bless your name in this place this morning. We need more of you. Hallelujah. For those of us who are in the sanctuary, if you could just stand to your feet. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. And do me a favor for those of you who are watching online. I want you to keep several people in prayer. If we can keep our own Miss Nicole Williams in prayer and also Bree Hawkins in prayer. Um, They've lost several family members over these past several weeks. So I believe Miss Nicole is watching online. Somebody put online. Miss Nicole, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. Bree, we're praying for you. Praying that the Lord will strengthen them in this season. Then also, I want us to keep Miss Ozzy Jackson in prayer. She almost, and the Lord covered her. She had a fire at her home. So she has to transition from her home. But the good news is, is that the spirit awoke her at the right time. It could have consumed not only her house, but it could have consumed her and her son. So, Miss Ozzy, we're praying for you. Somebody put that in the comment box. Miss Ozzy, we're praying for you. Hallelujah. Thank God for his hand upon our life. Genesis chapter 13. I want us to go to verses 6 through 12. Genesis chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, musicians, for setting the atmosphere this morning. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible declares, now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife, somebody say a conflict, between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Verse number 10 says, and then Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Verse number 12 said, Then Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. I want to read verse number 11 again. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and they separated. Somebody say they separated from each other. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject, our posture in reconciliation. Our posture in reconciliation. Uh, one of the most difficult things for anyone, let alone believers, is to fight for reconciliation but never see the fruit of reconciliation. Y'all know how many relationships we fought for that were broken and then we never saw the fruit of our fight. Many become frustrated with the plight of reconciliation, frustrated with God's plan for reconciliation, and frustrated with our pursuit of reconciliation when our efforts, watch this, fail to produce reconciliation. I don't know about nobody else, but I get frustrated. In other words, we find our labor to mend the broken relationships in our lives in vain. Somebody say in vain. And this is why it's critical. Watch this for us to guard our hearts as we pursue reconciliation. I think the problem with a lot of believers is we don't guard our hearts as we pursue reconciliation. And I want you to understand because our demand to reconcile does not dictate the response of the one we need to reconcile with. God can demand something on your life, but it ain't going to dictate how they respond. We must pursue reconciliation. But watch this, even when their attitude does not change, we have to still, it gets frustrating when we pursue reconciliation and the attacks do not change. It can get frustrating when we pursue reconciliation and our association concerning them does not change. So we guard our hearts from potential hurt or we might lose hope for reconciliation. In other words, there's a posture that we must have in reconciliation. Somebody say there's a posture. As I pursue reconciliation, I have to posture my heart. I have to posture my heart so that I could be, watch this, protected from their attitude. Because I, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes while you're pursuing reconciliation, their attitude will get on your nerves. You've got to posture your heart to protect you from the attacks. And posture your heart to protect you even from the association that might seem distant. And here lies one of the reasons that many believers have failed to fulfill their ministry of reconciliation. Because many of us, our pursuit was not what we hoped for. Many of us give up in the journey of reconciliation because as we pursue, it's not what we hope for. For many of us, our efforts ended with more pain more problems, and dealing with more people than we wanted to deal with in the first place concerning the brokenness that we intended. In essence, it seems like the brokenness broadened more than it was mended. And in the end, many become so frustrated with the ministry, watch this, of reconciliation that we never pursue reconciliation again. I don't know if you've ever been hurt in your pursuit of reconciliation. And many give up. If they don't treat me like this, I'm never going to pursue it again. And it becomes broadened. Therefore, we never fulfill the ministry that has been given. Watch this to all believers. Reconciliation. 
In our text, I believe we find Abram in a seemingly similar situation. Faced with so much contention and so much conflict that it leads to his relationship with Lot being broken. Yet Abraham's posture, here's the good news, is what preserves him during a moment that intended to inflict him pain. Uh, we've got to be preserved in reconciliation. And I believe in like manner, this must be the posture of all believers as well in the midst of reconciliation. Because it's the posture that will guard our hearts and cause us not to lose hope. I believe we can gain great wisdom from our text so that no matter the outcome of our pursuits, we will be preserved. Ooh, that's good news to me, that no matter how they respond, that I will be preserved. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to examine our text so that we can have the right posture and reconciliation. Let's look at verse number eight. Notice what the text says. The Bible says, so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Here's what I want you to know. Conflict must never make you come out of character. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever there's conflict, it should never let me come out of character. And if we can be honest, I want us to be honest this morning. Dealing with difficult people, um, the enemy knows how to use conflict to cause us to come out of character. Oh, y'all don't like that. Y'all, I don't think y'all feeling me. While you're trying to make peace, people will make you watch this frustrated, fuss, and even for safe folks, some folk will make you fight. Oh, y'all don't like that. You've ever been trying to reconcile with somebody and you get so frustrated that they make you want to fight them? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, y'all, but I still want to fight some folk. Come out of character. But this cannot be our posture in reconciliation. Why? Because watch this. The power found in reconciliation is manifested to the degree in which we reflect Christ in reconciliation. Somebody say holiness. You have no power to reconcile if you're not purified. Somebody say, I've got to be holy. I've, I've got to be holy. I've got to stay in character. Oh, watch this. And hear this. This is why the relationships for many are still not working because many believers are still worldly. We, the reason why we have no power to reconcile with difficult people is because many of us are still worldly. Oh, no power. Say, they ain't got no power. And this is why in reconciliation, we must have a posture of holiness. So here's my first thing that I want you to know. If I'm going to be preserved in reconciliation, I've got to make sure God keep me in a posture of holiness while I'm trying to deal, watch this, with unholy people. In other words, I've got to continually reflect the character of Christ. This is one of the most difficult things to do when you're dealing with difficult people. You've got to ask God, God, give me the strength to continually reflect your son's character as I try to reconcile with them because I'm ready to cuss. But God, you've got to keep me in character. Huh? Therefore, you've got to ask yourself as you pursue reconciliation, am I postured with the character of Christ? I've got to always ask myself, am I postured with the character of Christ? And if you don't know where the character of Christ is, just all you got to do is go, look at the fruit of the spirit. Uh, that's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. I, I've got to ask myself that. So as you reconcile your broken relationships, are you postured with peace? Because many of y'all are not postured with peace. You ready? Watch this to fight. 
Are you postured with prudence? Am I, am I using wisdom in this situation? And watch this. Are you postured? And you're going to need this, y'all, because one of the fruit of the spirit is patience. Am I postured with patience? Uh, I've got I've to be postured in holiness. And, and why? Somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, I get all of that. I know I'm supposed to be a believer that's conformed to the likeness of Christ, but I don't get why this is so significant. Because many times the character you reflect, watch this, will determine how the other person responds. Did y'all hear what I just said? The reason why I've got to make sure that I reflect the character of Christ, because many times my character will dictate how the other person responds. Uh, in other words, y'all, I, I want to make it plain. The energy you give them is the energy they'll give you. Uh, what energy are you giving? Ask your neighbor, what energy are you giving? And I'm going to give y'all a Bible because y'all probably said that's too, that's too carnal for me. Pastor Keith, okay, I'll give you a Bible. Proverbs 13, um, 10 declares, by pride comes nothing but strife. That means you can never expect your relationship to heal if your character, watch this, still reflects hell. I hope somebody caught that. Somebody put that in the comment box for me. You can never expect your relationships to heal if your character still reflects hell. And we've got too many believers that their character reflects hell and not holiness. We will always be frustrated in our pursuit of reconciliation if that pursuit is, watch this, accompanied by our flesh. Did y'all hear what I just said? I will always, you're always going to be frustrated in your pursuit to reconcile when there's a broken relationship if that pursuit is always accompanied by your flesh. So I've got to ask God, crucify my flesh. I know they're difficult. I know they cause pain. I know they cause hurt. But God, crucify my flesh. Therefore, our prayer must be as we reconcile, God, give us both the mind and watch this, even the mouth of Christ. Because some of y'all got the mind of Christ, but y'all ain't got the mouth of Christ so that it can manifest the character of Christ in our pursuit. No, I want y'all to notice something about the text. Notice the response of Abram to his conf conflict with Lot's men. The Bible says this. He said, Abram says, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. Watch what he says. For we are brethren. In other words, the conflict never dictated Abram's character, but Abram's character dictated the conflict. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many times we get into conflict and because uh, the conflict seems so heavy, I've got to allow the conflict to dictate my character. No, I'm walking with God too much to allow the conflict to dictate my character, but I'm going to allow my character to dictate the conflict. Oh, that's good news to me. The only reason that Abram could respond in that manner is because Abram was postured with the character of Christ. Many times we get into it with so much zeal. We say we're going we gonna to make sure that we mend this relationship. And we never go, watch this, with the character of Christ. And we allow the conflict to dictate our character rather than our character dictating the conflict. Somebody say we need holiness. Holiness is still right. Our desire must be that our conflict, watch this, conforms to our character rather than our character conforming to the conflict. Oh, I, I want to walk with God so much so that whatever situation I go to, the situation has to conform to who I am in God. 
Many of y'all get so frustrated when y'all get on jobs where folk don't like you. You get so frustrated when you get around people that have slandered your name, but get with God so much that your character has to conform the situation. That's good news to me. I'm not bothered by the conflict because my character is going to dictate the conflict and not the other way around. Especially if our desire is reconciliation. This is why as we attempt to reconcile, we too must have a posture of holiness. It don't matter what they do. It don't matter what they say. My character will reign supreme. So here's the first thing I want you to know. I've got to have a posture of holiness. Now I want us to look at verse number nine. Verse number nine says, is not the whole land before you? This is Abram speaking. Please separate from me. And if you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Here's what I want us to know. In the face of conflict, there are times when we must make concessions for the sake of peace. Did y'all hear what I just... Many times, I know we don't like this, but in the face of conflict, many times I have to make concessions for the sake of peace. And I know my wife don't like me bringing her up in sermons, but Lord, she just makes for good content. Many times, even when I know I'm right, I know my wife is watching, she's probably in the back watching, I know I'm right, but for the sake of peace, I make concessions for her. Oh, hear this. And watch this. Your ability to make concessions requires humility. So the second thing I need us to know is if I want to be preserved in my pursuit of reconciliation, I've got to have a posture of humility. Somebody say humility. And here's one definition for the word concessions is the act of conceding or yielding as a right, a privilege, or a point of fact in an argument. Did y'all catch that? That means that I'm going to yield even when I'm right, even when I have the privilege to say what I want to say, or even when I know it's fact. I'm going to yield and watch it many times for the sake of peace. But here's Pastor Keith's definition. The ability to give up the right to win for the sake of reconciliation. Did y'all catch that? Here's my definition of concession. My ability to give up the right to win for the sake of reconciliation. Uh, many times y'all just want to win and here lies one of the problems with many believers when attempting to reconcile you don't really want peace you just want to get your point across you don't really want the relationship to be mended you just want them to know what's on your mind and you don't want to be in relationship to be whole you just want to win tell your neighbor I just want to win Many of us get into arguments not so that we can um, make peace, but I just want to win. Uh, Y'all don't like that. And hear this. You can simply, you will simply continue the war because of your desire to win. You might win, baby, but you're going to continue the war. Even more, your intent to win just reveals, watch this, y'all ain't going to like this. For all them folks that's watching right now that just love to win the argument, that just love to make sure that they know that I done got my point across, watch this, it just reveals your immaturity in God. Because immature believers hope to win while, while mature believers walk in humility, willing to make concessions. Here's a word of wisdom. You don't even really win until the relationship is made whole. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many folk 
can be in marital to re marital relationships and they love when they win. They love when they got their mind, they, a piece of their mind, all of that stuff. They love that. But watch this. You don't ever really win until the relationship is made whole. So keep on winning. Keep on winning. You're going to continue the war and the relationship will never be made whole. Because here's, here's really what happens when people always pursue to win. The other person, watch this, gets better. The other person always gets better because they believe that their feelings do not matter. Okay, go ahead. You're going to have a bitter spouse. Bitter, bitter, bitter. And this is why as we reconcile, we must have a posture of humility. Notice the posture of humility that Abraham um, displays in our foundational text. Notice Abram. He says, is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'm going to go to the left. Look at, look at Abram. In other words, Abram gave Lot the authority and the ability to choose their path to peace. Uh, sometimes you just got to ask for, girl, what do I have to do so that me and you might have peace? Uh, make, make concessions. Abram made concessions for the sake of reconciliation. And I want y'all to see this. It's not just the fact that Abram made concessions, but it took humility to do so. Somebody say it took humility. How do I know it took humility? Because Abraham exceeded Lot by relationship. I want y'all to know Abram was his uncle, or better yet, it was his elder. Uh, Abraham exceeded Lot by resources. Y'all know Abram, uh, he was a rich man. He was a man of great riches. And notice this, Abram exceeded Lot by way of reverence. It was God that called Abram and not Lot. Uh, so Lot was following Abram. Do y'all see the level of humility that this took? I'm your elder boy, who you talking to? I've got more money than you. Who are you talking to? Do you know God has called me? Who are you talking to? And Abram said, even despite all of this concerning me, I'm going to um, have my posture in humility and make concessions for the sake of peace. Yet despite Abram's relationship, his resources, and his reference, Abram humbled himself for the sake of reconciliation with Lot. Therefore, as we pursue reconciliation, we must ask ourselves, are we humble enough to make concessions for the sake of reconciliation? I, I, I've got to ask myself, am I, am I walking in enough humility to say, I, I know that they're wrong, but can I make concessions for the sake of peace? Notice this. I want y'all to put this in the comment box for me. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Notice what the Bible says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. And hear this, your posture of humility depends on you. Oh, so although we may not like this, nobody has to listen to you just because of your wealth. Nobody has to listen to you just because of your wisdom. And nobody has to listen to you even just because of where you work. Many folk think because I've got a title that folk have to listen to me. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much wisdom you got. And watch this. I don't care if you got wisdom. I don't care if you got wealth. And I don't care where you work. The world will never listen to you anyways. Somebody say humble yourself. Humble yourself. And watch this. 
Humble people don't need people to listen to them. When you're humble, you don't need, you just need the right folk to listen to you. Y'all heard what I just said? They're more concerned. When you're humble, I'm not concerned about people listening to me. I'm more concerned about living in peace with all men. Somebody say, I got to be humble. See, some folk online just say, I need some folk to listen to me. But if you watch this, if you humble yourself, God will make them listen to you. Y'all, uh, y'all, y'all, y'all will catch that later. And the sad reality is we have more believers full of pride rather than believers that want peace. That's the sad reality. This is why the beginning portion of Proverbs 28, 25 declares this. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. Ah, and herein lies the reason that living in peace with people requires making concessions. Because it's your pride that's causing continued problems in the relationship, not the other person. Did y'all catch what I just said? I need y'all to hear what I just said. The reason why many of us are still having problems in our relationship is not the other person. Somebody say, it's me. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, filled with pride. Because that's what's causing the continued problem. This is why those who are willing to make concessions are those who walk in humility. And this is why it's significant for us as we reconcile that we have a posture of humility. I'm almost out y'all way because I'm I'm, I'm closing y'all. We've got to have this posture, watch this, of holiness. We've got to have a posture of humility. Now let's look at verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent tent, even as far as Sodom. It's interesting to note that Lot, even after Lot separated from Abram, notice this, that Abram was never mad. The the text never says that Abram got mad. The text never says that Abram mourned. The text never even says that Abram said mandated that Lot stay. Ah, This is even more significant considering the magnitude of Abram's relationship with Lot. Y'all got to understand this. How easily could Abram separate from Lot? He not get mad. He not mourn. He not even mandate Lot say. Notice this. Abram had no son at the time. Ah, Somebody say he had no son. So, so, So Lot was more than a nephew. Uh, in, in essence, Abram endeared him as a son. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, how could Abram separate from Lot so easily? Oh, many times, we, we, I, how, how could he? Uh, that's like separating from somebody's mom or my, my, my best friend. How could he separate so easily? I believe it's because Abram had a posture of hopefulness. Here's my third thing. Whenever we're going to pursue reconciliation, I've got to have a posture of hopefulness. In other words, no matter how bad the disconnect, Abram was hopeful. No matter how bad the division, Abram was hopeful. No matter how bad the dissension, Abram was hopeful. Somebody say he was hopeful. And herein lies the problem with many believers. Many think the root of the disconnect is so severe that reconciliation is not possible. I, I don't know about y'all, but you ever had a fight with somebody so bad 
I ain't even going to try to talk to them because I don't believe that reconciliation is possible. Many of us get into situations where we think the disconnect is so severe that, that reconciliation is not possible. In other words, we have no hope. Yet we must know that even if God causes us, watch this, to separate for a season, he's still able. Somebody say he's still able. I believe Abram said, go on ahead, Lot, go on about your way, because I know a God that's still able. He had a, a posture of hopefulness. And watch this. This is why just a chapter later, not only did Abram re reunite with Lot, but Abram rescued Lot. I want y'all to see something and write this down for those who are watching online. Genesis chapter 14, verses 15 through 16. Uh, they may not need you now, but they're going to want you later. Huh? Watch this. Watch what verse 15 says. He, Abram, divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Habah, and which is north of Damascus. And so he brought back all the goods and also brought, bought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people, because Lot uh, was taken captive. And, and listen, they may not need you now, but they may need you later. That means if God does not cause reconciliation now, our point of reconciliation may be up next. I've got to be hopeful. I don't know about y'all, but I've got to be hopeful because God is able. And hear this. Sometimes I want y'all to be encouraged by this. Sometimes it takes a season of separation for others to recognize your significance in their life. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many times it takes a season of separation for somebody to recognize your significance in their lives. For Lot, it just took him a chapter later. Oh, I don't know if y'all feeling me on that. And this might not be Bible. Watch this. But the saying is true. Some people don't miss you until you're gone. Therefore, we must remain hopeful in our pursuit of reconciliation. Our prayer must be Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast for, the, for our confession of hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Watch this. The relationship may, be, may have failed, but God is faithful. The relationship may cause me to be frustrated, but God is faithful. I, they may not want fellowship with us now, but God is faithful. Uh, he's faithful. And because God is faithful, we can have a posture of hopefulness. I don't care if you don't like me now. Why later you're going to need me. You're going to remember every time that I bless you. You're going to remember every time that I loved on you. You're going to re remember every time that I was there for you. You may not need me now, but you will need me later. Somebody put that in the comment box. They may need me later. Because ah, if we can be honest, many times the process of healing broken relationships can hurt more than the initial brokenness itself. I don't know about it. It's not just, just the brokenness, but it's, it's the healing process that many of us have to go through that causes more hurt than the brokenness itself. Because reconciling, watch this, causes us to revisit wounds. The, the tough part about reconciling, I've got to revisit wounds that, that were uh, severe in my life. And not only does reconciliation cause me to revisit wounds, but it causes me to revisit the very person that caused those wounds. Somebody say reconciling hurts. It hurts. It hurts. In other words, watch this. We revisit our places of trauma, and trauma can serve as a trap for our reconciliation. And this is why our posture in reconciliation, it matters. It matters. 
Uh, because our posture helps guard our hearts. I want God to guard my heart. And it, uh, it requires a posture. Therefore, as we reconcile, we must have a posture of holiness, a posture of humility, and a posture of hopefulness. So that our healing process, watch this, does not hurt us. Yet even more, I believe God responds to our posture of rock reconciliation as well. Notice this. I want us, for those who are still um, following me in the text, verse 14 through 17, notice what it says. of Genesis chapter 13. The Bible says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. This is after that he separated. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, this is God speaking to Abram, I give to you and your descendants forever. Oh, God going to bless you even if they leave you. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width. Watch this, for I give it to you. Why is this significant? Because this means, despite how the other person responds our pursuit to, re to our pursuit to reconcile, despite even if they receive our reconciliation, despite even if they reject our reconciliation, watch this, uh, we have the right posture in reconciliation, God will honor our pursuit. Did y'all hear what I just said? Even if they don't never talk to me again, God honors it. I've always tried to share this piece of wisdom with people. It matters how you leave the last place you were. I don't care if they slandered your name. I don't care if they talked about all your mom and them. I don't care about all of that. Because watch this. God is, God, somebody say God is watching. So if I don't care if they don't honor my pursuit, but I want God to honor my pursuit. And God says, no matter how they respond, watch this, I'll still bless you. Oh, that's good news. Somebody may not like this, but I don't pursue reconciliation so that we can be best friends again. I don't pursue reconciliation so that you can be my boo again. I pursue reconciliation so that God might bless me. Y'all don't like that. I'm not pursuing it because I don't want to be your best friend no more. I don't want you to be my boo no more because I remember how you did me. I want God to bless me. Somebody say, I want God to bless me. Oh, I want him to honor my pursuit. Our hearts don't have to be troubled. Uh, when we know that God will still honor our pursuit of reconciliation. I think the worst thing is we don't, when we realize we put all this effort into reconciliation and they still act like and treat us like nothing. That, that can be one of the hardest things. But here's the good news. Despite how they respond, I want God to honor my pursuit. I want God to say, God, Lord, let us, let us have the right posture in reconciliation. Despite what they do, my heart won't be troubled, for God will honor it. Oh, let us pray. Father, we bless you. We honor your name. God, we thank you, God, that many of us are, are, are even in our minds, God, thinking about the broken relationships that we have. Many of us have not talked to our father in years. Many of us still struggle with our relationship with our mothers. God, we've got baby fathers and baby mamas that we just don't simply want to deal with because we feel like their attitude is too much. But God, we pray now, God, that you'll give us the right posture and reconciliation. 
God, help us, God, to never come out of character in the face of conflict. I know it's tough, but God, even though they're worldly, God, don't let us make us worldly. God will remain in a posture of holiness. And here's the good news, God. If we can walk in that level of holiness, there's power in that. Where we don't have to conform to our conflict, but our conflict has to conform to our character. Let us always walk in holiness, God, we pray. And God, I pray, God, that not only we walk in holiness, God, but God, I'm praying for somebody, God, who needs to walk in humility. The only reason that the relationship is still not well is because they're full of pride. They just want to win. God, help us not. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't the NBA. This ain't the NFL, God. We ain't in it to win it. But God, the only time we really win is when the relationship is made whole. So God, I pray, God, that you will give us the level of humility to make concessions. I need to know what we've got to do so that we can have peace. Oh, some people just love living in conflict. No, I want to live in peace. Well, if you want to live in peace, give up that pride. God will have a posture of humility. And God, we thank you, God, that we will remain hopeful. Even if we have to separate for a season, God will still remain hopeful. As a matter of fact, God, they may not need us now, but they may need us later. Sometimes a season of separation, God, let them, if, we're, if there's a, a somebody who's designed to be reconciled with someone in their life, even now, God, I pray for that other person in this season of separation, God, that you'll convict them so bad that they'll realize the significance of the other person in their life. And God will remain hopeful. God, that they'll come back, that there'll be another season where they'll ask for forgiveness, that they'll be like the prodigal son and they'll come to their senses. God will remain hopeful. And God, hear this. We've guarded our hearts now because of this posture. We won't get bent out of shape by what they say. We won't get out, bent out of shape by what they post on social media. We won't get, on, get bent out of shape of what they say to somebody else. Because, God, you can bless us like none other. And, God, even if they're not our best friend again, even if they're not our boo again, we thank, God, that you can bless us again and again and again because of our posture and reconciliation. Thank you, God, that you honor this posture. And we'll keep this posture, we pray. I, I want to, I believe, God, for reconciliation in all of our relationships. But even if you don't do it, God, even if they don't come back, we thank you, God, that you honor us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And every believer said amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I've been preaching on reconciliation this entire month. I want you to know that the greatest reconciling that we can do is with God. And somebody may be saying, I'm not in relationship with God and I need to be reconciled with him. God desires likewise with you. Matter of fact, the Bible says that it is his desire and will that he reconciles. Watches all things on heaven and in earth unto himself. That means me and you. But we've got to know how to get back to God. And how do we get back to God? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. That means I need to know that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. If that's you this morning, you can be reconciled back to God. 
And not only that, I need to know that there's only one Savior. There's only one way to the Father. Despite what the world says, there's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you can know you're in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ, you can be reconciled back to God. Not only that, the Bible says even the demons believe. That means that, that I, I, I know that there's a God, but that God can't tell me what to do. You're still full of pride. If you say, I want to let that pride go, and I want to be led by God and God alone, then you can be reconciled back to him. All you got to do is confess that. I want you to confess that in this moment. I believe I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe Jesus Christ is that Savior. And I'm going to allow God to lead my life, no matter what he says do. Confess that now. And if you confess it and you can believe that thing, it's one thing to confess it, but can you believe that in your heart? If you can, the Bible says you're now saved. You're now reconciled back to him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, for the one who has now come to his senses. The one that knows, God, that you already paid the price for them to be reconciled back to you. So, God, all they've done this morning is confess that you've paid that price. Confess that they needed you to pay that price. And confess, God, that they won't let you waste what you paid for. They've confessed that this morning. And they've believed that in their heart. So, God, we thank you, God, for that one who has now been snatched from the hands of the enemy and reconciled back to you. I pray for them now, God, on the journey ahead. Keep them, strengthen them, God. Let them grow in your word. Connect them to a local body, God, that can help lead them in this journey. Because no one's God called to be in this journey of faith by themselves. And as heaven rejoices when one comes, we rejoice with them as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you gave your life to Christ this morning and you've been reconciled back to God, send us a message on Facebook. Let us know, hey, I give, I've given my life to Christ. We want to make sure that we connect with you, that you know, understand this decision that you made has been the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And here's the other piece. There may be somebody saying, I need to be connected with this local body. I would love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your local um, body of faith. And you're saying, I need to be connected to the Way Church of Tampa Bay. I love the worship. I love the word. I love the atmosphere that's even being set in my home by your worship experience. Well, all you got to do is send us a, a message on Facebook as well. If you can't send us a message on Facebook, email us at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And somebody will connect with you. And we'll tell you how you can be connected with this local body. Hey, I want to say this, and I'm going to allow my wife to come up and close us out. Continue to pray for Miss Nicole Williams and Bree Hawkins. Let's keep them in prayer. This is a difficult time for them. But the Bible does say those that mourn, God will comfort. So we believe in God to comfort them in this season. They, they've lost three family members in the span of two weeks. That's a difficult thing to endure. But God, we know, Miss Nicole, that God is upholding you. And you will make it. You will endure it. And we know, Bree, that God is upholding you, that you will make it and you will endure in this season. That, that may be difficult. And Miss Ozid, please know, let's keep her in our prayers. All right, she has a son that she's taking care of. Um, and, that, and, and like I said, they just had a, 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 a tragedy in their home. We're going to help them. We're going to do some things for them. But we also need to pray for her. All right, let her know that you're praying for her. If you have her number, reach out to her. Say, we're praying for you. Whatever I can do. Let me do that for you. Y'all, it might be dropping off a meal, but let her know that we're here for her as a church family. So I love y'all, um, 
and I look forward to seeing many of you in March as my wife will um, detail as she comes up now. Let us receive my wife. Hey man, just a few announcements and I'll be out of your way. So in March, we're going to have a change of sermon series. I don't know how many of you know, but March is actually the time that the world celebrates um, Women's History Month. That's the um, month that we set aside to celebrate women's history. And so in the month month of March, um, we're going to start a new sermon series in you know how you would go to school and you have a substitute teacher? Listen, I need y'all to still show up, okay? Because we have a substitute teacher coming in. Surprise, it's me. Um, <laughs> I'm the substitute teacher, so don't show out. Show up to class, okay? Um, still be engaged, but beginning in the month of March, in keeping with this March of um, is Women's History Month, I'm going to share a sermon series, maybe two to three sermons, not the entire month, from this theme that I put together called her story for his glory her story for his glory and I'm going to take different women in the bible and demonstrate how their story brings glory um, to God and what we can pull from their stories amen, amen. so um see here sorry y'all I'm reading these notes I should have pre prepared a little better so registration for in-person worship at the way will open again in march so beginning march 1st <clears throat> we're going to begin to open up worship here at the way church and we're encouraging all of those who desire to worship in person to save the date and make plans to join us in march we will provide a registration link in our this week at the way email and we can't wait to worship with many of you in a safe and sanitized um, atmosphere for those of you who have came in a few times throughout the last few months and you know we've taken out probably about 60 percent of the chairs we've sectioned things off so that you only sit with your family so if you feel comfortable, this is no pressure, but it's now at the point where we gotta have to start to ease into this new normal, um, even from a, a worship standpoint, a physical worship standpoint. If you feel um, comfortable and you don't have any pre-existing conditions and all of that, be wise, use wisdom, then we wanna encourage you to come back into the house of the God and into the house of the Lord. Now, let me say this, I'm not that old. I'm only 33 years old, I think, right? I'm not 34, I'm 33, how old am I? 34? Ooh, I'm getting old. Okay, 34. I'm no mother of the church, but I have to rebuke sometimes like I'm a mother of the church. We go wherever we want to go. Now, y'all know I'm on social media, and so similar to everybody else, I'm scrolling too, so I'm seeing all the events and the vacations, all right? So don't tell me you're too comfortable to be in one spot, but you're not comfortable enough to be in the house of the Lord. I believe my mother said it the other week when she was closing us out in prayer that how can you believe God to keep you at a party but not believe to keep you in the house of the Lord, okay? So let's not let's not play with God like that. He's an all-wise and he's an all-knowing God, And I, but I do understand uh, for those who may have conditions or been exposed in other areas, I, I understand that, and we want you to be wise and we support you in that stance but for those of you who God has covered and kept and continue to cover and kept um and continues to cover and keep then we want to encourage you to let's start to ease back into the house of the Lord that doesn't mean you need to show up every Sunday but we don't want laziness to set in okay because we're human beings so you get it when you fall out of the rhythm of something it can be very easy to dismiss it so let's 
I'm not trying to harp a little bit of a rebuke and chastisement, but I want us to not treat this casually, okay? Because even us ourselves, we've been to a few theme parks. We've been to a few beaches, and we use a little hand sanitizer machine and do what we have to do, move if we hear someone cough, run if we hear them sneeze. So come on, we need to come into the house of the Lord, and we want to do that in the safest we can, but we don't want to put up any excuses because God has given us the option of choice, and we want to choose wisely uh, when it comes to putting God first. Amen? So, again, the registration for that, um, the link is going to be at This Week in Away. So why do I have to register? Well, you have to register because we're not just opening up the doors um, um, foolishly. We don't want just the, this influx of individuals to come in and we're not prepared for you. So register so we can have an idea of how many people to expect so that we can position and adjust the chairs accordingly and make sure that we are not putting both you and ourselves in danger, okay? So please, 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 I hope to see some of your faces here in the worship service. I thank God for those who have been coming, Shernette and Chloe and the singers, of course, um, those who are serving like Andre and Charlotte. But we need to see more faces in the house of the Lord beginning in March. So I pray y'all will be obedient to that, right? All right, now Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday in 2021. We're planning something big for Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. So please save these dates. Sunday, March 28th, I believe that's the last Sunday in March. Sunday, March 28th, and Sunday, April 4th, which is Resurrection Sunday. Some may call it Easter um, the day we celebrate that Christ is risen. That's going to be Sunday, April 4th at 10.30 a.m. We're taking worship to the park. We're going to go outside of the four walls, literally. Um, both Sundays, we will be at Roulette Park shelter 218 we'll send out details about this but again roulette parks shelter 218 for worship so bring your mask bring your 10 by 10 tents bring your umbrellas and give me one moment Excuse me. Thank you. So, um, again, that's Sunday, March 28th and Sunday, April 4th at 1030 a.m. We're going to be at Rolette Park. I, I'm just going to repeat this just in case someone missed it. But please bring your mask, your 10 by 10 tents, your umbrellas, your lawn chairs, blankets, whatever you want to do, um, your family and come and worship with us. So dress down. Now, I know normally, especially those of us in, in the black church, we like to do it big and around Easter, but that's not the time for this. Amen. We're just going to focus on Christ. So come and be comfortable. We don't need you passing out in no three piece suit. We don't really have time for that on this Sunday. Okay. So we're coming to worship God. Uh, I know Charnette probably still going to look jazzy. So you can still look good because she always look cute, whether she's dressed up or dressed down. So whatever you have to do, but be comfortable because we're going to be outside. It's Florida. Uh, we will have food that we've purchased, nothing that anyone's cooking. Uh, so we've purchased something that we're going to give you. We also have some things for the kids to take away. And it's also going to be some um, outreach um, items as well that you may have access to you or those in the community or those who come with you. So March 28th and Sunday, April 4th, prepare to be at Roulette Park at 1030 a.m. Get there a little bit early so you can designate your little space for you and your family and set up and we're all going to be outside and we're going to worship our king. Amen. So now we need volunteers as we prepare for worship outside. We need volunteers. We need greeters. We need servers. We need parking attendants and more. And if you would like to serve with us on Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday, um, please send us a Facebook message or email at churchoffice at waytampabay.com. Again, that's an email at churchoffice at waytampabay.com as soon as possible. And let us know that you're interested in serving with us. I thank God for the team that's been serving through the pandemic and through this entire process. But we, we 
can't do this alone, guys, okay? We're going to need your help. We're going to need somebody to tell people where to park. We're going to need someone to point someone to Shelter 218. We need servers. So especially, again, give me a moment to rebuke here. If you're a leader, especially if you're in that MIT class, anything, if you desire to be a leader, I definitely need to see your face, okay? If you're a minister, I need to see your face. It's not about just pulpit ministry and what we do from this microphone, but serving begins in some of the places that many don't volunteer to do. So we need your help. Even if you don't have a title over your name we and you would like to be a part, still send us an email and we can find somewhere for you to be. Even right now, you can't see this, but Pastor Cole and Minister Chantel are in the back. They're sorting through items. They're working in their serving. So they don't just serve when they stand and hold a microphone. They're doing a lot behind the scenes. They're preparing now for way at the end of March and April to ensure that you have a good worship experience. And so if God has given you the ability and the time and the desire to do so, then let us know. Send us an email and we'll begin to, someone will contact you about where you can serve. Amen. All right. Thank you all for putting up with those little bit of lengthy announcements there. Now, it's time for the offering. This is, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He just gave me that. Um, tomorrow at 7 p.m., you, you all know we've been doing, if you've been with us for a minute, we've been doing what's called our monthly altar calls, which are literally conference call prayers, okay? And so this Monday, this Monday at 7 p.m., we're going to, tomorrow at 7 p.m., we're going to have our monthly one for the month of March. Um, the information will be sent out via t email and text. Okay. Oh, and Minister Rundell will be praying. One of our newly inducted, is that a word that we use? Okay. It's okay. All right. Uh, ministers will be on the line and leading us in prayer. So please join on. It's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Altar call. Okay. This is where we come collectively as a family. Just once a month and get on a call to pray. Even if you're not available to be fully engaged. Sometimes I have to do this even with work. Join in anyway. Definitely put the phone on mute and hear it so you can at least still hear the words of prayer. You may not have solitude like you like, but still join us, okay? And those that information will be sent out via text and via email as well and or so you'll you'll get it somehow before Monday. All right, lastly, um, it's time for offering. This is nothing new. We all know that we want to be good stewards over what God has given us. And here at The Way Church, we teach offering based off of 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, which says that everyone must give, or, or I'm sorry, everyone must decide in their heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So we're not trying to tell you, sow a hundred dollar seed and the Lord's going to bless you. I don't know if God's going to bless you or not. You just may be out of a hundred dollars. So I, we're not trying to put pressure on you, but we want, God desires that every person who gives, gives cheerfully. And so that's what we're trying to teach. We're trying to teach you to hear the voice of the Lord. What is God telling you to give? And based off what he's telling you to give, do that consistently. That's what you need to do. God is going to love you regardless if it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. But be consistent, okay? Um, the Bible says to whom much is given. Uh, I'm sorry. Those who sow sparingly shall reap sparingly, okay? So we don't want to be just casually throwing things out there. Oh, five dollars here. Okay, ten months down the road, five dollars here. Be consistent in your sowing. Pastor Keith says it all, all the time. If it's five dollars, then just be consistent with the five dollars. God is not concerned about the amount. He's concerned about the heart, okay? Offering is about the heart. It's never about the dollar amount. It's about the heart. And so there's a couple ways that you can give here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay. You can give in person. If you're here, obviously, we have offering envelopes in the back of chairs if you want to give that way. Um, you can give via the website, which is through a PayPal link at the top of um, 
on the, on the top right-hand corner of the website, and that's waytampabay.org, waytampabay.org. A couple of more ways you can give via cash app. The church's cash app is dollar sign, the Way Church of TB, the Way Church of TB. And then finally, you can mail in your offering at P.O. Box 28003. Tampa, Florida, 33682. And if you need that address, it's also listed on the website. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not going crazy. Pastor Keith just keeps giving me all these little random announcements. <laughs> but we're, um, listen, we're so grateful to God for you tuning in with us. Thank you so much. We, we, we don't count it for granted. There's a number of churches that we know that you can attend virtually. So we thank God that you have chosen um, the Way Church of Tampa Bay. And I pray that something was said in the word that has really encouraged your heart um, to draw closer to Jesus Christ. Now we're going to bring up um, MIT Charla. She's going to come and benedict us. So thank you so much. Good morning, good morning. I'm so grateful just to have the opportunity to be here. And just thank you, Pastor Keith, for that word today. Just to make sure that we're posturing our hearts as we seek reconciliation with loved ones, with friends, family members, especially in this season where we're losing so many people, God. We just thank you for the, the word and the set of instructions that has been given to us to reconcile with all men. Um, and we are just so grateful to have the opportunity every day that we wake up, we have the opportunity to reconcile. So let's just go to God in prayer. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for continuing to keep us, Father God, continuing to keep our families, Lord. Father God, we lift up Bree and Miss Nicole, Father God. We thank you for just covering them, Father God, that you give them peace, Father God, in the midst of their storm, Lord. We thank you for just giving them a peace beyond under beyond understanding, Father God. We come against any division in the name of Jesus as they um, are going through burying family members, Father God. We thank you, Lord, just for the grace that you give us, Father God, to get through every day, Lord. We thank you for keeping us, Father God, as we come and as we go. We don't want to become so familiar, Father God, with the small, the things that we think, deem as small miracles, God, that you perform every day. We thank you, Father God, for Pastor Keith, Father God. We thank you just for continuing to keep him as he leads and guides us, Father God. We thank you for all of our, our pastors, Pastor, um, Pastor Cole, Minister Chantel. Lord, we thank you just for their willingness, Father God, to continue to do the thing that you've called them to, Lord. So as we go out into the world today, Father God, we ask that you continue to remind us, Father God, continue to remind us of this word, Lord, that we go out and we reconcile with one another, Father God. Give us the strength, Father God. Give us the grace and the revelation, Lord, that we need to be refined and to go out and to reconcile with all men, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for you, for you sending Jesus to reconcile us with you, God so that we may be able to go out and do it with one another. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.